Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include an interview with Scott Lindner, National Sales Director of Mortgage Lending at TD Bank on residential construction demands, and headline news in capital markets. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Candor. Have you heard of Candor yet? As you'll hear shortly, they're gaining groundswell for their dynamic, adaptive, and automated underwriting engine. Dear Santa, this year I would like A, a slim body, and B, a fat bank account. Don't mix them up like you did last year. Ah, if only we could turn back time. Better.com CEO Vishal Garg's apology letter to current employees has been leaked on Blinn by a verified Better employee. Blinn is the anonymous professional social network where Garg accused some of the people he laid off of working, quote, two hours a day, end quote. Better.com certainly has grabbed its share of headlines, good and bad. As the pandemic headlines drone on and people continue to adjust their lifestyles to the new norm, homes that previously were used for vacations have become primary residences. As a lender, do you have a loan product for it? Remote work capabilities, virtual schooling, and the urge to escape highly populated areas last year allowed many homeowners to retreat to vacation homes or motivated potential buyers to invest in a second property. And jumbo investors will have to adjust to the new loan limits. The federal government will now back mortgage loans at nearly $1 million, with the new ceiling loan limit for one-unit properties in most high-cost areas now $970,800, or 150% of $647,200. So, a $5 million security may only have six or seven loans. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Scott Lindner, National Sales Director for Mortgage Lending at TD Bank. In this role, Scott is accountable for leading TD's Mortgage Loan Officer Salesforce. Additional responsibilities include guiding sales strategy, product development, and integrating with TD's East Coast Retail Network. With over 25 years of banking and management experience, Scott is a seasoned leader with expertise in online banking, payments, consumer deposit products, and consumer lending, including mortgages. He's passionate about driving sales, revenue, and taking market share to new heights by building engaged, and high-performing teams through a successful combination of leadership, coaching, and cultural transformation. Before joining TD, Scott served as SVP, Head of Retail Banking at Scott's Trade, running their online retail make. And prior to that, he held roles of increasing responsibility across top banking organizations, including KeyBank, JPMorgan Chase, The Bank of New York, Fleet Bank, and NatWest Bank. Scott, you ready? I'm ready. Cool. So what do limited building supplies and resources as a result of supply chain issues potentially mean for construction in 2022? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And Rob, you've probably seen it just going down to your local Home Depot or Lowe's. But lumber prices and other home building materials, even paint, are rapidly fluctuating as supply chain shifts amid COVID-19. And builder confidence remains at its lowest since August of 2020, according to the National Association of Home Builders. Additionally, um, the National Association of Realtors also reported an underbuilding gap. So basically, uh, since 2001, we've underbuilt, meaning we're short five and a half to 6.8 million housing units. All of this is contributing further to rising home costs and the low inventory that you're seeing today uh, in today's market. 
Uh, and we're also seeing some uh, pullback on housing starts uh, to 1.52 million, you know, in October. Uh, and while that trend is still, you know, lower than it was month to month, uh, it's one of the better showings since 2006. Uh, and it shouldn't be lost in month to month kind of numbers. But what's key here is the supply chain issues are having an impact on builders. It's extending time it takes to, to build a home. Uh, and it's clearly you know, impacting uh, costs pretty significantly. We've also seen home prices rise dramatically over the last year. How can rising home prices change residential construction demands? As home buying competition remains fierce and we're seeing prices are, that are showing really no sign of dropping, many first-time home buyers are reevaluating their budgets um, and their priorities. Uh, and they're considering whether or not they should go with a fixer-upper uh, over new construction uh, or even you know, move in ready properties. And according to TD Bank's first-time home buyer pulse survey, which surveyed Americans looking to buy their first home in 2021, 71% of buyers are looking for a starter home or fixer-upper instead of a move-in ready, you know, kind of forever home. Among these, 41% said it was because they needed to pursue a less expensive home due to the pandemic, and 26% just couldn't find a move-in ready home that met their needs. So buying a fixer-upper is very different than buying a traditional home that's ready out of the box. Uh, and it's very important for mortgage professionals to prepare buyers for those special considerations, such as expected renovation cost. Buyers should also be aware of the financial considerations and wait times that go into renovating a home, especially amid the current supply chain issues. It's just going to take longer. So in addition to price pressures and supply chain issues, how do labor shortages influence buying habits and trends, especially as we move into the new year? You know, we've been seeing that not just through the pandemic. So labor shortages were well in effect prior to the pandemic, and the pandemic really just exacerbated that. So the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that as of April, there were almost 357,000 unfilled construction jobs. And then with coronavirus encouraging more homeowners to take on remodeling projects and shifting home buyer taste in the real estate market, the home building industry is under a lot of pressure with a depleted labor force, which generally translates to higher construction costs. This can also cause a domino effect that can drive people out of the housing market, uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, higher costs to build mean higher costs to buy, which can result in many holding off on their plans to purchase a home and opting to stay in their current home uh, or continuing to rent. So our audience on the podcast is largely mortgage professionals, aka loan officers. What are some good questions uh, that clients can be asking them or that they should keep in their mind when it comes to construction loans? Rob, this is an easy one. And what, what, I'm, what I feel good about here at TD is that our loan officers that do construction uh, are specialists. Uh, they have to meet very rigid requirements to sell this product because of the complexity. Uh, but something that we continue to reinforce over and over uh, for our MLOs is really helping the borrower in terms of setting expectations. And it's not, it's less about the mortgage uh, processing uh, component of it, but it's more about the construction piece of it. Meaning we know that there's delay in supply chain. We need to coach borrowers and say, 
hey, one, anticipate this taking longer than expected. Secondarily, make sure they have enough funds to complete the build. Uh, and don't stretch them their finances to the point where they're just going to make whatever budget's created at the get-go, but have enough adequate reserves so that if there are cost overruns, if it's taking longer than expected, that they can weather the financial storm. So I think that's one of the key things that we have to do is make sure the borrowers understand there's things outside of their control, there's things outside of the mortgage provider's control, and it's even outside of the builder's control that are gonna add complexity and cost to the transaction. Now, the normal stuff still applies. When they're going to apply for a construction loan, getting approved for a construction loan can be similar to the process of obtaining a regular mortgage, although there's some additional steps. Before applying for a construction loan, borrowers will need to ensure they have drafted and finalized construction plans and include the total cost of the project. Um, in addition to reviewing the same qualifications necessary to obtain a mortgage, lenders are going to review those plans. But it's also important to ensure buyers are prepared with all the materials the loan officer requires. Building plans, permits, et cetera, all of this help expedite the origination of a construction loan. Scott, thanks for uh, making the time and coming on to talk to me today. I think this was highly informative for our listeners. Uh, thanks, Rob. My pleasure. Many successful MLOs don't guess where rates are going next or try to time the market. Many tell borrowers not to lock at application, and that they'll obtain the best rate for them as the loan nears funding. Along those lines, bond market volatility is at its highest point since the onset of the pandemic, and even higher than in 2019, when the Fed cut rates over trade war concerns. Picking the bottom of rates is impossible, given that they continue to be driven by headline pandemic news. This week's economic data has continued last week's themes. An increase in the rate of economic growth in the fourth quarter despite the challenges posed by the Omicron COVID variant. The U.S. economy is dominated by jobs and housing. Although the increase in total non-farm employment was below the number many market participants were expecting, gross household employment increased by 1.136 million and the labor force participation rate increased to 61.8%. Additionally, the increase in hourly earnings and hours worked has led to income growth and potentially continued spending. Initial claims for unemployment insurance for the week ending November 27th increased slightly, but remain near pre-pandemic levels. Overall, U.S. employment is nearly 4 million below its peak in February 2020, and participation is about 1.6% less. Fed Chair Powell noted this past week the possibility that the Fed would increase the pace of reduction of asset purchases in the face of continued inflation. With equity markets off to the races yesterday, the extent to which the Omicron variant grows as an economic force is still up for debate we are seeing increased economic uncertainty to close the year. Coincident with the emergence of Omicron, Federal Reserve monetary policy has also emerged as a source of economic uncertainty, though economic data will be what drives the Fed's decision-making. Yesterday, we saw that revised Q3 productivity and unit labor cost report showed productivity being revised down to negative 5.2% from the advance estimate of down 5%, the largest decline in productivity since the second quarter of 1960. Unit labor costs were revised up to 9.6%, well above expectations. The connection between weakening productivity and rising costs isn't a good combination for company profits. From the third quarter of 2020 to the third quarter of 2021, non-farm business sector labor productivity decreased 0.6%, 
the lowest fourth quarter rate since the fourth quarter in 1993. The October trade balance report showed a narrowing in the deficit to $67.1 billion, with exports up $16.8 billion and imports up $2.5 billion from September levels. The uptick in both exports and imports is a good sign of increased economic activity on a global basis. The real trade deficit narrowed to $97.6 billion, which was 6.2% less than the Q3 average. That will factor favorably into Q4 GDP forecasts. The Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index, or HPSI, decreased 0.8 points to 74.7 in November. As consumers expressed not only disparate views of home buying and home selling conditions, but also their greatest economic pessimism in 10 years. In November, 74% of respondents reported that it's a good time to sell a home, compared to the 29% of consumers who reported that it's a good time to buy. Consumers also continue to report strong expectations that mortgage rates will increase over the next 12 months, and they expressed even greater pessimism about the direction of the economy, with 70% saying it's on the wrong track. Consumers' concerns for their personal job situation have eased, and respondents also reported feeling better about their income level compared to a year ago, with both of those components now nearing their pre-COVID levels. Thank you to Heather M., who sent in an article about how the fleet of massive container ships loitering just offshore from the ports of Long Beach in Los Angeles has thinned to 46 boats from its peak of more than 80 in late October. The dramatic decline in the number of ships at anchor stems from a new policy set by shipping trade groups that encourage incoming ships to wait out in the open ocean rather than close to shore. Starting November 16th, boats crossing the Pacific have been asked to sit 150 miles offshore as they wait for a slot to unload their cargo, and boats traveling north or south along the coast were asked to sit 50 miles out. Although only 46 ships were waiting in San Pedro Bay as of Wednesday, an estimated 50 additional container ships that embarked after the change are now loitering over the horizon, which would raise the total backlog to a record high. Slightly disingenuous if you ask me. Today's economic calendar began with mortgage applications from MBA. Applications increased 2% from one week earlier, factoring in an adjustment for the Thanksgiving holiday. Later this morning brings jolts, job openings, and a treasury auction of $36 billion of reopened 10-year notes. The New York Fed desk will purchase up to $4.4 billion of conventional MBS, and the day's treasury buyback sees the desk purchasing up to $7.4 billion of two-and-a-quarter-year to four-and-a-half-year coupons. We begin the day with agency MBS prices nearly unchanged from Tuesday evening, and the 10-year yielding 1.49 after closing yesterday at 1.48%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I wanted to get a jump on Christmas shopping yesterday, so I went to the toy store and asked the assistant where the Arnold Schwarzenegger dolls are. He replied, I'll be back. Thanks again to Candor for sponsoring today's podcast. I look forward to hearing more great things. Want to know more? Go to candortechnology.com and tell them Robbie Christman sent you. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.